Hello there. It's James Arnold Taylor, the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Johnny Test. Fred Flintstone. And one of my personal favorites, Leonardo. And you are listening to Epic Tales from the Sewer. It's totally awesome. Turtle power. Go, go, go. Issue number 20, with art by Ben Bates, written by Kevin Eastman and Tom Waltz, with script by Tom Waltz. We pick up in the heat of battle, where there's the tanks with the rock soldiers yelling, Waste of all! There's Raph and looks like Zack are going blasting towards them in size and hand, trying to get them. Zack hits one of the rock soldiers right dead center in the chest, and Raph hits them with the back end of his side with a fuck. I'm gonna crack! With the butt of the gun on the rock soldier's face, they've taken him down. Damn, feels like it just clocked a boulder. Raph shakes his hand off a little bit. They're not called stone soldiers for nothing. So what now? They look on at another tank. Now I'm going to show you what this baby can do to one of Krang's battle tanks. I promise you. With a smile on his face. I promise you. It'll be a blast. Then in the throne room, you can see Krang is blasting at the turtles and the neutrinos. Kill the intruders! Princess, look out! Says Mikey. Kella, get the king and queen out of here. I'll cover. You, with me. Princess, stay down. But, Kella says to the princess, I'm sorry, your highness, it's too risky. Don't worry, princess, I'll be right back, says Mikey. As they both go off, she's blasting and he's got his nunchucks in hand. Okay, you shoot, I scoot. Fine, I'll stay behind, she says. But I'll not stay down. She blasts out with a rifle, hitting one of the soldiers that's next to a rock soldier, just a regular neutrino soldier. Yeah! Trag, your idiots are worthless! Allow me to demonstrate the proper way to dispose of rubbish. Krang blasts out from his hands. He's got, looks like, six guns on each hand, just blasting all the time. Leonardo slips through. Take out the soldier's desk. I'll handle the tin can as he jumps on top of Krang, slicing off one of his arms with both katana with a whoosh. Insect! The other hand swiftly pops Leonardo in the chest and knocks him back shell-first into the wall, leaving a big crater. Hurry! Get the king and queen, Kala! says Mikey. I'm gonna go a few rounds with Krang's pet rock! Mikey knocks the blaster out of his hands and starts hitting him. It looks like there's some concussion marks where he's hitting the rock soldier. Seems somewhat effective, actually. Mutant turtles, you must be Stockman's little experiment gone awry. Yet another of the intolerable buffoon's failures. I'm forced to clean up. More like we're gonna clean up the twisted mess of you and your stooges are making, Krang. Yeah, like ninja janitors, says Mikey. Quickly, your highness, we need to get you away from here. Commander Desk, who, who are the green ones? Friends, your majesty, very brave friends. The king and queen are led by Dask away while the turtles are fighting Krang and the remaining rock soldier. Leo's doing surprisingly well against Krang, as is Mikey. He does a flip to get out of the way of Krang's stomach blaster. We won't let you hurt these people, Krang. We won't let you destroy our planet. Fool! It's not your place to let me do anything. I dictate and I will not be... Whatever, the rebellion's gonna spank your evil space empire's butt. Man, I always wanted to say that, says Mikey, as he... 
hits the rock soldier in the back of the head. He's just not equipped to fight those nunchucks. Brash words from one so insignificant. I don't know how you found your way to my war, but I promise you, you will rue the day you choose to oppose me. He does sort of a matrix dodge to get out of the way of a double swipe from Leo's blades, then comes back up with a headbutt, knocking Leo again back from his stomach shell first into Mikey this time, disarming them both. All of you. So much for in and out without shots being fired, big bro. Yeah, says Leo, back at the Neutrino Resistance Fighter Command Center. Good work, Donatello. Our adjustments have been precise. If the end missile is any chance of working... This technology is really blowing my mind. All the things that you've invented, Professor, it's amazing. Heck, even the stuff that you did at Stockgen. I mean, if you really think about it, you invented my family, too. Well, I don't know about invented, but I suppose I did play a part in your existence. If you ask my father, he'd say that it was all fate and destiny. He claims that we are reincarnated from feudal Japan, and now that's crazy. Perhaps, or perhaps not, huh? Do you know how our teleportation device works, Donatello? The elements are scanned down at the atomic level. Then, the information is transmitted to receiving location and used to construct replicas, not the actual material from the originals, but from the atoms of the same kind arranged in exactly the same pattern as the originals. The originals, of course, are destroyed during the scanning process. So it's like we were copy and pasted here while our originals were deleted? Excellent summary, Donatello, though, like my own explanation, it only describes the science of it all. The calculations we use to gauge muscle mass, genetic makeup, cellular information and reformation, etc. But nowhere in those complicated equations do we take for account the essence of the individual soul, if you will. Really, it's such a magnificent mystery. How could we? And yet, the very thing that makes a being who they truly are, their soul survives the teleportation trip every single time. Intangible, yet intact. Or, consider myself for that matter. Externally, I'm a synthetic construct, but internally, I am and have always been honeycut. Neutrino by birth, professor by trade, husband and father in my heart. I wonder if our true essences are of their own volition, or able to make the journey across dimensions via technology, why not across space and time via reincarnation as well? But, wh what about proof, professor? There's no way to test it. No empirical evidence. You're, you're just supposed to believe it? Yes, you are right. There is no scientific proof that is possible, but there is also no definitive proof that is not. So rejecting the possibility without earnest consideration, perhaps that would be truly crazy. A stunned look on Donatello's face, where it seems like for the first time someone has posed him a question that he can't answer, and he just looks absolutely stunned. Maybe it's because Honeycutt has a uh, different perspective on things, but we could see that he's greatly affected by this. I'm sure it'll come in later. Well, gentlemen, that's that. Either my end missile works for or it doesn't. We'll find out shortly. Are you saying we're ready for launch, Professor? Yes, Felix. We are ready as we can be under these circumstances. We've done our very best. Now we can only pray to the Creator that our best was not too late. Back to Zack and Raphael. Ralph covers his ears as a giant bazooka heads towards the tank. Watch and learn! Direct hit! Do you see that, Daddy-o? What? Oh, my ears took a direct hit. How about a warning next time you decide to blow up the world? Haha! <laughs> Come on! Let's move! That shot exposed our position. We'll be safer if we can move it. <laughs> yeah! They're blasted by what looks like a giant mech with kind of like a holographic projection of an Utrom. You were saying? Yeah. This could definitely be a problem. Back on Burnout Island. 
Central, this is Block M. We've got a problem over here. Block M, this is Central. What's your situation over there? We've had a breach in the cryostasis chamber. There's a man down outside and... Oh, no. Central, we need to go to full lockdown now. Block M, what, what's going... Just shut up and secure the d perimeter, damn it. Someone's been in here. And oh, man, this is really bad. What is it, Block M? One of the brain things, the Utrams, it's dead. You're sure? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. It's just hanging loose and all the ooze is gone. If whoever did this gets away, Krang is going to kill us, too. We show it looks like three dead bodies on the dock. Cry, with a giant canister of ooze, heads up into a rope ladder from a helicopter as she gets away, smirk on face. Back to the throne room, Michelangelo and Leonardo, fighting and blasting just Krang's left at this point. You thought you could defeat me? And I am Krang, son of Queen! Mikey, watch out! I will not be stopped. Oof! He hits a piece of machinery at Michelangelo, knocking him down. Bro, this is total suck. And I thought Slash hit hard, man. Tell me about it. Hurry, your majesties. We must move quick. It's all right, Commander. I'll ensure your safety, says the princess. Princess, no, wait! As she blasts Krang right in his armhole, where Leo slashed off the arm. What? You dare, you insolent brat! Krang blasts back at her blaster. Direct hit, shattering the blaster. Princess! Says Mikey. Okay, that's enough, creep face. Nunchucks in hand, now he goes directly at Krang, hitting him right in the false head. Woof! With a quick whack back, just as he had done with Leonardo. Yes, you are correct enough, mutant. I will have the fugitoid. I will create new Ultraminium, and the Ultrams will rule the universe again. Leonardo now shoots two throwing stars straight towards the brain inside of Krang's chest cavity. With a chink-chink, they stop and right as the glass hits him. Dang it, he's still coming. Nothing's gonna stop but ugly brain boy. Come on, Mikey, don't quit, says Leo. Leo runs up and hits high as Mikey hits low. We can take this walking pterodom down as they attack high and low. There you go, your majesty, says Kala. Thank you, Kala. Are you all right, King Setner? Yes, yes, Commander Dask. Giza and I are fine, thank you. You are right, Commander, says Kala. Our new friends are extremely brave. Now back we go to Raph and, and Zack, who are fighting. Crap, this thing just doesn't give up. Just keep running. <laughs> any NRF, any NRF, this is Command 1. Do you copy over? Command 1, this is Echo 8, mobile armor. Copy. Echo 8, what's your status? Over. We're taking heavy fire from all sides. Say again, heavy fire from all sides. Things aren't looking so good. Looks like he's in a tank and he's blasting. And they're just getting blown up. Don't know how much longer we can hang on without reinforcements. Over. Acknowledge Echo 8. Keep up the good fight and I'll see if I can get you some. Help out. So keep running. That's your brilliant master plan, pal? Yeah, that's right. Looks like the mech is looking for them but hasn't quite uh, found them yet as it's taking heavy fire from the tanks. And praying for a miracle wouldn't be bad neither. We see the end missile has taken off. Do you still have the end missile locked in, Professor? Affirmative, Felix. Remote tracking remains engaged. So far, so good. I only hope we make it before it's too late. Yeah, Professor. Looks like they're in a skiff now with Donatello and Felix. Felix is driving it. The Fugitoid is doing some calculations on a, a computer panel as they leave. Yeah, Professor. You and me both, says Donatello. You only delay the inevitable mutant fools, says Krang as he punches through a column of concrete as Leo bounds off of it. My people's destiny will not be denied, he blasts at Michelangelo who gets out of the way using some sort of cartwheel. 
Please, stay down, your majesties. We must guard you. Nonsense. I've already told you we are fine. Commander, my husband is right. Your new comrades need you more than we do. Okay, Calic, get the king and queen out of here. I'm going... Gah! He's blasted. Nobody move, says Commander Trag, as he blasts Zack. Yes, I suggest you do as the good captain says, says Krang, as he has Michelangelo dead to rights on the ground with all of his guns. Dang it, I knew I should have hit the rock dude harder. Back to Zack and Raph. Raph deflects a beam off of one of his sides. Stay low! No more running? Nowhere to run! <laughs> I figured you'd say that. What's that? That, my friend, is the miracle we are hoping for. Yeah, well, it's gonna be the shortest miracle ever. Damn, if that damn thing gets away... No, it'll blast it out of the sky! Not if I can help it. The mech is uh, trying to attack the end missile as he raises his hands up towards it. Raphael runs and grabs that giant bazooka that Zack was holding on to. I hope I learned! He blasts it right in the leg and has it fall down and it misses everything. Yeah, Raph! What the? As we see, kind of a circular wave is emitted from the... And it goes, wee-oop, wee-oop. What the? My, my gun won't shoot, says the rock soldiers. Professor, it's working, says Donatello. Yes, just as I imagined, the end missile has disabled the unique frequency of Krang's weapons operate on. They are effectively disarmed while our soldiers are not. We have won. Hey, there's Raph. Thank God. Bro, I never thought I'd be so damn happy to see a bunch of super nerds in a space car, says Raph. That's it. Lower your weapons, though I've enjoyed our little sparring session. I know you have lost. You know what I truly desire. Why waste more of your own pathetic blood when all I want is the fugitoid? I'm here, Krang, and you are wrong. Sweet, says Mikey. We have not lost. I have disabled the frequency of your army operates under. You are finished. Back off. Stand your ground, Captain Trag. We have the advantage. Your army's history, Krang. They can't even give up quick enough. No, Neutrino. My army have, may have surrendered, but I never will. Give me the fugitoid or your mutant friend will die. Uh, guys? Do you really believe that my own weapons were on the same frequency? You can't kill us all. No, just most of you. Stop. That will not be necessary, says Fugitoid. Deactivate your weapon, Krang. I will go with you. Wait, what? Krang's army has been stopped, and Neutrino is safe once more. Please, I cannot allow further bloodshed on my behalf. You, you, you can't, says Dask. Looks like Dask made it through just with an arm wound. I can, and I must, Commander Dask. But, Professor, says Donatello. It's all right, Donatello. The battle is won, but the war goes on. This is what I must do. You must work against the Technodrome. There's time yet, but not much together we can continue the fight. Enough! Trag, grab a hold of that blasted robot before it changes its puny mind and forces me to destroy everyone in here. And tell Birdow to bring us back. Now! Birdow, this is Trag. Engage the teleportation. Farewell, my friends. And your other troops, General. Leave those cowards to rot in this dung heap. For all I care, I'll just make a new army with a foom. They disappear back to Burnow Island, leaving nothing but a puff and a plume of blue smoke. Wow, crazy day. You ain't kidding, little bro, says Mikey to Raph. Commander, you're wounded. I'm okay, Kala, just a little singed. I may have the medics take me up a bit, but first, thank you. Thank you, my friend. 
Without the help of you and your brothers, I don't know how I could have saved Neutrino. It's been a true honor to fight alongside all of you. Same, Commander. We're just happy we could help. Yes, y y your bravery is astounding to behold. Especially Michelangelo's. Aw, snap, as the princess gives him a little kiss on the cheek. He's blushing. Each of you has, in your own way, proven courageous but beyond words. Please. From my family, from our planet, we know that you are eternally in your debt, says the king. Forever our heroes and forever our friends, no matter where you might be. Back in the basement to the new lair, we see um, Casey is there with April, as she's looking kind of forlorn. We've lost him, Casey. Don't say that, April. No, we, we have, and it's all my fault. Maybe if I hadn't talked them into going with me to the park, I'd just going to talk to Chet alone, maybe. No, April, it ain't your fault. The guys would do anything for you, no matter the risk. Those green knuckleheads, they love you as much as you love them. You know that. And so do. And she looks into him as they're just about to kiss as he holds her. You hear a foom. What the? Cripes, Casey. That any way to greet your long-lost pals? Says Raph. Guys! Says April as she hugs Donnie and Mike at the same time. A hug and a kiss in the same day. I rule. Hi, April. Raph, man. Yeah? Casey Jones. Miss O'Neill. Is everything all right? Father! My sons! Is it really you? Yes, Sensei. And wait till we tell you where we've been. And that's the end of Issue 20. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Micro Series. Krang. Written by Josh Williamson. Artwork by Mike Henderson. Colors by Ian Hearing. With lettering by Sean Lee. Krang. Seen as Burnow Island. How did this happen? Says General Trag. A female ninja invaded and killed the guards. Ooze was stolen and the Utram is dead. The guilty party escaped? Yes, sir. Krang doesn't know yet. We look onto the tank. It looks like there's eight Utrams. One of them hangs lifelessly as the others are suspended in a green ooze. I, I will deliver the message. As Trag walks off down to where, where Krang is. We see Krang who is, looks like he's in a bath of some green ooze. General, I gave orders not to be disturbed. Yes, sir. But one of the Utrams has died in stasis. The security footage suggests that it was a female ninja of some kind. What? We were letting you recuperate from your fight with the... Stand back! You do not assist me unless ordered. I do not need your help. As he smacks him back with his tentacle. The soldier is upset, but I don't see terror in his eyes. He has forgotten his place. Have I grown soft? Have all my setbacks from the hands of those blasted neutritos changed away my forces look at me? Do they see me as weak? I was not always as powerful as I am now. Planet Utraminium in a flashback. Bring me my walker, you worthless toads. In my youth, I was more dependent. I demand you bring my meal to me and bring me a different screen. I am bored with these. Yes, Krang, says them. That's Master Krang. Krang, are your own tentacles broken? Or are you too busy with your little games to do anything for yourself? But, Father, I merely thought that I needed to show them their place, that I could be as great a ruler and leader as you. A ruler, perhaps, but never a leader, Krang. But, Father, I... Emperor Quain, says one of the aliens, the council is ready to discuss the offensive against Traxxas, sir. Good. Follow me. Father, can I join you? Why? Why on Ultraminium would I want you there? He says, as Krang sort of looks back to himself down, dejected.
My father's ancient enemy, Traxxas, had been imprisoned on the penitentiary of Morbius, a planet with a hostile environment where the Utram's High Council's most dangerous political prisoners were held. Traximus uh, actually appears to be exactly uh, what Krang's android body looks like. Now he had overthrown the prison guards and assembled an army of men who hated my father as much as he did. They were plotting to the demise of the Utram Empire. My father and the council planned the attack to squash the rebellion. It would be a suicide mission, says one of them, if we only do what they expect, a direct attack on the penitentiary. But landing in the swamp to the north, that will allow us to move in undetected and attack at a most advantageous time. The swamp is a hellhole. They won't expect us to land there. Traxxas will pay, as Crane kind of looks on. It was a mission charged to the best warriors Utraminium had to offer. And if I was ever going to prove my worth to my father, now was my time. Looks like Krang was going to kind of sneak away onto it. Are you boys ready? Morbius is one of the most hostile battlegrounds you'll ever know. And even more deadly under Traxxas' command, says Quain. But no mangy bunch of prisoners can take on Utraminium's best. I knew the risk of stowing away and the sense of danger was exhilarating. After a lifetime of safety and comfort, I would finally know battle and I would dominate. I would return home as a hero, spaceship lands in the swamp. For once, my father would be proud of me. Men, after our position is secure, you'll head for high ground. I want to know exactly what is between us and that penitentiary. Traxxas won't know what hit him, as they step on a landmine with a huge explosion. Commander! Don't move! They've mined the area! What's that noise? Ah, another of Quain's classic sneak attacks, says Traxxas. Those just never get old, do they? Attack! As he comes from atop, like a skiff or something like that, blasting down at them. Traxxas knew my father's tactics too well. He had prepared the area, and then they waited to shoot us like chained beasts. I had never imagined such destruction. <laughs> They're all blasted. This is the finest Quain could send. <sighs> my old enemy has lost his fire, as he steps on one of the Utrams and just splats him. Destroying him is going to be easier than I thought. Leave them to burn. We'll return when the stench has been blown away by the wind. Whether it was by luck or by fate that I made it out of the attack alive, I didn't care. There were more pressing issues at hand. The swamps of Morbius were infamously dangerous. Plants, animals, terrain, all deadly. An acid rain alone was strong enough to kill. If I didn't move quickly, I would die, as he leaves his shell, then kind of wanders off grabbing some components and I would be undiscovered alone, never to lead my people. My father was right. I had made myself worthless, destined to die like prey. It looks like a Nile monitor is kind of chasing him, a giant lizard as he runs away. Shoots a little bit of fire at him. Get back, vile creature, as he whacks him with a stick. But then something miraculous happened. I lived. In the hours stretched into days, I realized... I was stronger than I knew. He made kind of a lean-to structure to help himself from the rain. I was the only Utram to live through Traxxas' attack. Then still alive on this deadly planet, I was a survivor. I would not quit. Shows him eating some bugs and making fire. Everyone, including my father, doubted my worth. I would prove what I was capable of. And then he starts uh, eating some things that are trying to attack him. Looks like he built a little trap to keep him away and some nets and all that. He's being pretty ingenuitive, actually. No longer were my days wasted in toys and pampering. The helpless Krang was gone. And a new Krang could take care of himself. But simply surviving wasn't enough. I needed to finish the mission. 
Traxus had to die, and by that time Unmorbius had taught me one of the most strongest weapons was my mind. Now I would become the predator. That same monster that he fought earlier, you know, that shot the power at him, now he attacks at it with a spear and tentacle and a net. I would become the predator, the ruler. As he captures him, and then with a fiery spear, pokes it in, into its face, and then puts a bridle on it. And then eventually, looks like he's trying to ride this thing. From now on, any challenger would die at my hands. Retreat in an instant, or become mine to rule. Now, I was ready for battle. Taking his swamp dragon out, he kind of goes out in, into the clearing, where the end of the swamp is. The cursed planet would now be conquered. My father had tried to win with stealth. I chose a more direct approach. So Krang is now climbing up and sending the, the side of the wall with this uh, swamp dragon. Traxus! I am Krang, son of Quain, and I order you to surrender, Traxus. Surrender now! So the spoiled prince has come to show off his new pet. You have defied my father for the last time, Traxus. You will pay for your disobedience. Sir let Trag and I. No, Granitor. I can take on this pathetic little Utram myself. And then I'll send his lifeless body back to his father so Quain can add this to his long list of failures. All of a sudden, some acid spits out as he uh, pulls up on the reins and it goes right into the eyes of Traxus. Crank jumps off. Die! Die! Stabbing him in the back of the neck. Killing him quite easily. What are you doing? You have bested our greatest warrior. You are now our master. It is the way of our people. We await your first command. Save Trax's body. I have a new plan for it. T from there, taking over Trax's army was easy. With Trag and Granitor's help, many of Trax's men saw that I was the future, that I was the true leader, and they pledged their lives to me. Instead of returning to the prisoners to the cells, I offered them a chance to work for me. Some took the offer, some didn't, as he shows him actually using a hand blaster to vaporize them. Krang now settled into Traxus's body, as the classic uh, look that we see now, with kind of like the humanoid android with him in the stomach. By the time my father arrived, all of Morbius was mine. I have a hard time believing that Krang could ever... Greetings, Emperor Quain! My army is at your disposal! We show that Traxus's body now has that classic look of General Krang, with Krang in the stomach talking to his father. It's good to see you, my son. That was the first time my father had called me his son in ages. Finally, he looked upon me as I deserved, with respect. Please, forgive me, General Krang. I'll understand any punishment you give, sir. Don't burden yourself with those kinds of thoughts, soldier. Come, come. Go ahead and help me. I give you permission. Don't make me order you. Y yes, General. Ah, as he attacks him. No underling will ever consider me to be only as strong as my armor. And I will not let my father nor my people down. New Ultramanium will rise and rule this decision. In every dimension, no one, Neutrino, Ninja, or Mutant will stand in my way. This Krang looks like he has killed Trag, who just stands there on the side of his bath. And that's the end of the Krang miniseries. IDW Micro Series, Baxter Stockman, written by Eric Burnham, with art by Andy Kuhn, colors by John Raunch, and letters by Tom B. Long. Burnow Island.
I've been here for too long, playing lackey to the extra-dimensional warlord Krang. He tasked me with overseeing the completion of the Technodrome, a work so terrifying in proportions and limitless possibility. I've been long doing my best to learn more than Krang is willing to share, but I've barely scratched the surface. Baxter looks down as a light behind him as he's working on something and just wipes his brow. I still understand enough. Krang intends to use a Technodrome to terraform the Earth through making it better to suit his people's needs, but such an extensive change would not suit my own. I can live with a dictator. Dictators can be influenced or replaced, but Krang's radical transformation of the ecosystem would be irreversible. If it would render the Earth unfit for human habitation, I obviously can't allow that, but I can't openly defy Krang. We see Baxter's in a white lab coat working, and then the Mausers are handing him instruments as he's working on something. This leaves me with a problem, but all problems have a solution. My father taught me that. We see a man and his son who are playing chess, looks like outside in the park. This is uh, Baxter's father and him. You just have to learn to think, son. When you think, you can turn actually anything into a win, and winning is what life's all about. Dad, a dumb game can't teach me to think. I can do that already. This game forces you to anticipate obstacles and how you'll get past them. If you already know how to do so well, then why do I keep beating you? I almost won the last one. You just got lucky. His hand slams down on the board with a thrud. Luck is a bunch of superstitious claptrap. We believe only in the power of our minds and what we can accomplish with them. Now, set the board up again kid's kind of taken aback as his father's shouting at him over the chess match. Crane pops up on the video. Stockman, I expect you to answer immediately when I call. I want a status report. My, ahem, <clears throat> apologies, General. I was in the middle of some rather complex calculation. As for the Technodrome, it remains on schedule, just as it was the last time you asked. I would prefer a head of schedule. I'm tired of waiting. Do you want it done sooner, or do you want it done right? You seem to be under the impression that I'm offering a choice. Perhaps if you weren't focusing so much on your little side projects. This, this is for the Tectodrome General. I fail to see the connection. We can see now on the operating table looks like a cybernetic fly. So with uh, a mostly mechanical body, but with the head and chambered eyes of a fly. People I have working under me are limited competence. Some innovation was needed to further speed things along. And this is what you came up with? Perhaps I've misjudged exactly how much responsibility your kind can handle before your pathetic minds break. I was inspired by the notion of insect colonies, General. This is my prototype flyboard. Part mutated insect, part machine. Small enough to fit in cramped spaces, stronger than any human worker, more intuitive than a mechanical drone, and best of all, completely expendable. We see Baxter shows up at the chambered eyes of the flyboard. Even unfinished, the Technodrome is magnificent. A wonder of alien technology. With it, I could change the world. Not through overt conquest, why make myself a target? No, I'd simply be a gatekeeper to the technology, allowing access to the world in exchange for influence. It would be better for everyone. Better than a dead Earth, certainly. Baxter now takes out for a uh, walk. He's got a tablet, and his flyborg is walking inside him. 
If only I could simply take full control of the Technodrome. But Krang trusts no one. He has protocols in place to keep it secure. And I'd be foolish to make a move without him knowing all possible counter-moves. The computer systems are monitored, and security is too tight even for me to wander freely. If I investigate anything directly, then I get caught, then I lose. If Krang realizes what I know, he restricts my access, and I lose. If I do nothing, and he successfully terraforms the Earth, I become, at best, a pet, and I lose. Dr. Stockman, what is this thing and why is it in here? Do not think, says the flyboard, as a rock soldier questions it. What, did it just say something? Nothing, not expendable thing, says the flyboard, shaking his robotic fist. Interesting. Wasn't expecting that level of cognitive function, but still, tick, tick, tick. He hits a button on the pad, zzz, electrocuting the flyboard, who shows to be in incredible pain. Who takes off some of his shell and starts freaking out. Well, I didn't expect that either, says Stockman. Shut down your mutant, Doctor, or we will fire. And what? What if there's a ricochet? Shut it down, Doctor. I can't. Then it better get down on the ground on its own. You better hear me, Bug. I said down now. We'll not submit. And with a leaping barrage, with two fists made of metal, smacks the rock soldier, knocking it unconscious. I probably should have warned them. The flyborg is much stronger than it looks as Baxter, with a serious, scared look on his face, runs away from the Flyborg. The Flyborg making quick work of all the other rock soldiers, punching them with uppercut punches, bouncing off the walls while they're blasting him, and then just knocking all of them unconscious. The creature was built for maximum strength, a compact size. I imagine it hits like a runaway truck. And in between its small-scale natural exoskeleton and cybernetic enhancements, it could shrug off all of the most crushing of blows while evading firepower. In short, a human opponent, even one encased in stone and armed, is hardly a challenge in a fair fight. I suppose this is where I should be feeling pity. We see now, after it has taken down all the rock soldiers, it's bounding out of the way towards Stockman, who's now running towards another room. Krang just appears on a, a monitor in front of him. For a moment I feel like Dr. Frankenstein, pursued by his creation, and even though my monster isn't nearly as smart as the one Mary Shelley wrote about, it's still too powerful for me to stop on my own. Stockman, this better be important. General Krang, it's the flyboard. Why are you whispering? My experiment, it got away from me and... Oh, and something went wrong. Why have I never predicted that? Oh, yes, the security footage tells quite the tale. A tale in which you made another mess playing with mutants. And I have grown quite tired of mutants lately. We show a flashback to Leonardo and Michelangelo fighting Krang on Planet Neutrino. General, you need to send more guards! I need to? Watch your tone, Stockman. My patience is not infinite. I'm sorry, General. I put a tracking chip in the Flyborg prototype to keep tabs on it. I know it's coming back this way. Please, there must be some place I can hide, some place secure. Well, well, you're not wrong about your little pet. He is coming. General, please, don't make me beg. <laughs> I enjoy seeing the side of you, Stockman. It amuses me. Follow the monitor and I'll help you scurry away to safety. Finally, thinks Stockman, as we see on the screen the Flyborg approaching him. Safety. The nearest secured control room is a good sprint from here. Thankfully, I've kept in shape, which keeps me far enough ahead of the Flyborg. See, the Flyborg is just kind of scurrying right behind him, just nipping at his heels. 
I certainly wouldn't want do to be overtaken before I'm ready. Too slow, as he shuts the door in the clang-clang of the fist of the flyboard. The flyboard now, <clears throat> with a punch, busts in through the air vent. Crunch, as he comes in and takes out the security camera that's in there. Yes, well, that's enough of that, says a smug-looking stockman, who hits a button. Tick, tick. And with that, the of the flyborg as it gets electrocuted again. If you're wondering why you're in so much pain right after tearing off your collar, it's because I have complete control of the cybernetics in your body. Your biological brain may be able to think, but that's only because I allowed it. Says the flyboard. Why, I suppose I can tell you after all. I, you did just destroy the equipment monitoring this room. But first, you have something I need. He reaches into the chest cavity and pulls out a little circuit. You were initially meant to be a simple Trojan horse and introduce a device that could wirelessly harvest bits of data from the Technodrome. Ah, here it is, he says with a smile. But then, I had a better idea. With some theatrics, I could gain access to everything. Top it off with a little destruction from when you tore this room apart to find me, and my tracks are covered. We see now that he's actually programmed the flyboard to rip apart all the monitoring equipment that has been left over. Now there's just one loose end. But, wait, do you hear that? The sound of Rockman tromping down the hall? Help! Help! He's in here! You have to help me! Says Stockman. There it is! End it! <coughs> says the Flyborg. It's attacking! Fire! But mind the civilian! No, not fire! Wait, please, you mustn't! Help me! We can see that it's incinerated in a blast of gunfire and looks like a flamethrower. Later. The full details of Krang's plans are unsettling. Not that he intends to let me live to see them come to fruition. Happily, the files also contain information I can use to wrest control of the Technodrome from him. I can't do it alone. But there's no shortage of pawns in this world. We see behind him there's all these tanks, and in the tanks are the mutated cybernetic bodies of Flyborgs. There's at least ten of them behind him. The Fugitoid, for instance, as a picture of Dr. Honeycutt comes up on his, on his monitor. His mind is responsible for much of the Technodrome, and Krang actually fears his talent for invention. That alone makes him the perfect instrument for my plans. Yes, I'd call that a check. A sneer across his lips. Flashback to a much older scene of a fully grown Stockman with his father, now sitting as they try to play chess in the exact same place that they would. Wait, did you say a check? A little early, son. We haven't even started playing the game. Oh, we've been playing the game for years, Dad. Here. What's this? He hands him a letter. Is this some kind of joke? Not really. Your office is being cleared out as we speak. But don't worry. I'll take good care of Stockgen now that I'm in charge. Why, why would you do this? I taught you everything you know. Yes, you did. I admit I came out here today because I wanted to know if you saw the takeover coming. Maybe you had one more trick up your sleeve. Frankly, I'm a little disappointed that you don't. But hey, I won. And that's what life's all about. Right, Dad? And that's the end of the Baxter Stockman miniseries. It's pizza time. And now, in a segment that we call Pizza Time, where we discuss any Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle or pizza-related food, I give you Pizza Time. Hello, everybody. Your pizza time today is most fitting for an episode about Krang. It is called the Pizza Alien. Pizza aliens are pizzas with pepperonis for eyes and green tentacles that pop out. Here is the recipe using spinach. 
Serving size is about four to six. Cooking time, 40 minutes. This recipe is a little bit different. It's taken from a book called Ninja Turtles Cookbook, Cowabunga in the Kitchen by Lauren Perry. Ingredients. One pizza base, or roll out your dough on a pizza sheet or pizza peel, as previously described on our other episodes. A one tablespoon of olive oil. One teaspoon of garlic, minced. One half cup ricotta cheese. One half cup of spinach. Salt and pepper flakes. One teaspoon of oregano. Two cups mozzarella cheese, grated. One quarter cup Parmesan cheese, grated. Instructions. Add the pizza base, or roll out your dough, to a tray and brush with oil. Sprinkle garlic and spinach all over it followed by salt pepper and oregano sprinkle parmesan and mozzarella and bake in a preheated pre oven to 450 425 degrees ovens for 20 minutes slice and serve lighten it up dudes you can try it with whole wheat pizza or you can do this with a pre-existing shell that's either frozen or just uh you know wrapped but that is your pizza for the day thank you everybody enjoy your pizza alien Cowabunga, dudes! thank you for listening to the epic tales from the sewers podcast the teenage ninja turtles were created by kevin eastman and peter laird this podcast has no affiliation with eastman laird Mirage Studios, IDW Studios, Archie Comics, or Nickelodeon Studios. This podcast is a member of the Dorkening Podcast Network. Check out thedorkening.com for other podcasts. Epic Tales from the Sewers is recorded by Justin Cooper and Eric Will. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. And we all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. <laughs> With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. It took me 10 years to make the perfect man cave. And then we took it over. And we made it into the multiversal chamber. Then I started my own podcast. And we took that over too. And we're the co-hosts, the Multiverse Kids. Yeah, and I'm the dad, the geeky dad. And every week, we what? We review the movies, shows, and books. Games and toys. Yeah. And sometimes we even have a special guest. So, join us every week on the Geeky Dad Podcast. Greetings and shabibans. We are the Retro Reductibus Cephala Podcast. 
a long-form bi-weekly show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. Yeah, that sounds good, but I don't know what all those words mean. I think what Parasite seems trying to say is that on Retro Red Octopus, we explore a range of retro goodness, from toys, video games, and movies, to cartoons, and even snacks and school lunches. Oh. And we do it all with a positive spin, a slew of killer guests, and some, <clears throat> very adult language. And you know what else is cool? No. This crazy show is part of the Dorking Podcast Network with new episodes every technical Tuesday. It's there. And if waiting two weeks for a new episode gives you a sad, know that we drop bonus episodes all the time, like the off-format Crow's Nest and an interview series we call The Brick. You can listen to Retro Octopus on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any app that's cool enough to carry the only show that celebrates all the things that make growing up awesome. Do you like retro video games? 80s and 90s toys and have a love for nostalgia. Hi, I'm Russ Lyman. What's up, guys? I'm Jay, the NES addict. Welcome to the Weekly Warp Pipe. Jump into the Warp Pipe with us and go back to revisit all the awesome things from our childhood. That's right. Every week we discuss something new like the hardest NES games. Or what it's like to get prizes out of cereal boxes. What our top 10 toys were. <laughs> Battle Beast. No, dude. It was Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. Cowabunga. So be sure to check out theweeklywarpipe.com for more info. And we're proud to be a part of the Dorkening Podcast Network. That's right. You can join us every Saturday at 7 a.m. for new episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. Or catch the video version on YouTube at the Weekly Warpipe channel. That's the Weekly Warpipe every Saturday at 7 a.m. The Weekly Warpipe. Do you like gaming? You know, this game would be better if it was a battle royale. Do you like technology? I bet this tech would work better if it was a battle royale. Do you like movies, TV shows, and everything else that me and Nate can't agree on? The Last Jedi was easily the best Star Wars film I have ever seen. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Everybody in this room is stupid now because of you. Talking Gaming and Tech is a bi-weekly podcast where we cover the latest and greatest in gaming and tech. Now part of the Dorkening Podcast Network. Talking Gaming and Tech is a podcast produced by Tech Prime Media. You can find us on YouTube and all their social media platforms. You can find Talking Gaming and Tech on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts from. This podcast is filmed live. If you want to check us out while we're filming live, remember to follow links on social media and your comment might be read on air.